This is a trigger warning for this episode. We will be talking about suicide and its prevalence in the adoption community. If you feel triggered by anything said on this episode, please take care of yourself. Reach out to somebody that you trust. Hug your dog or your cat, someone you love. Drink lots of water. Make a cup of tea. Please feel and know that you can always reach out to us and you can reach out to Moses as well. You are very loved, held, and seen within this adoption community. We love you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tough Love Podcast. We are on episode seven, and we are so fortunate to be speaking to Moses Pharaoh today. And I'm basically just going to let Moses introduce himself. We're so excited to have you on the podcast, and it's just such an honor to meet you. Thank you so much for having me on here. I uh, really can't wait to get into today's conversation. Um, I, I, I've listened to uh, some episodes before and just really love the kind of uh, conversations that come out of um, uh, your your podcast. So I, I'm going to do my best to keep it real short and sweet and so we can get right into the conversation. Uh, but uh, I have been in the mental health field for 20 plus years uh, as a marriage and family therapist. Uh, I've worked in a number of different um, settings, home-based community uh, services, hospitals, uh, working with all kinds of family situations, spending a lot of my time in the uh, child protective services realm. Uh, so a lot of abuse and neglect um, in family situations. Uh, and then um, about halfway through my career, I took a sharp turn to work directly in adoptions. Um, and I uh, made my way through working with an, an adoption agency and was just introduced to the whole world of, adopt, of adoption. And I got to work with uh, and meet with uh, and be friend, become friends with experts in the field and authors and advocates and um, researchers. And it, it, it's been quite a journey. Uh, and uh, being adopted myself um, from Korea when I was two, I uh, never would have imagined that I would then circle back and have this be you know, the path that um, uh, has brought me to all of you today. But um, that's that's really like, I think kind of the heart of today's um, topic, to, you know, and what I would like to bring to your listeners and uh, to the conversation really is this perspective on something that it, it, uh, what I find to be um, really at the uh, uh, level of a crisis. And what, what, what I'm really talking about is suicide uh, and just how prevalent uh, suicide is uh, among adoptees. And there's a, a pretty well-known statistic, which I'll just jump right, I'll just jump right in and start um, sharing that uh, this, this 
uh, gets shared quite a bit, uh, but always, you know, bears repeating uh, until something changes, until something happens, uh, until we get the kind of support we need. Uh, and that is that adoptees are four times more likely to attempt suicide than non-adoptees. And this came out of a, a study back in 2013, which is now eight years ago. Wow. So that's an eight-year-old statistic at this point, like, you know, finding. Um, and so let me back this up with uh, something a little bit more recent. Um, and it's the, it came out of the ACES study. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, I, I, I see you down in your heads. A lot of people know about ACEs. Um, Do you mind um, just kind of telling our listeners uh, what ACEs are for those that aren't familiar with that? Oh, you would like me to? Uh, I, yeah. I, I was hoping that you would uh, uh, jump in. I can. I mean, sure. So yeah. um, what ACEs are? are like um, a, collect a collection of the amounts of trauma that you've experienced in your life. And I'm probably butchering this, but basically, um, let's say a kid has had an absent father or was abused or got sick a lot when they were a kid or just anything like that, that would count as a ACE score. And basically, at the end of that, you look at their how many total points that they got and that can be used to assess their um, challenges that they might have later on in life. So adverse childhood experiences is basically what that is in a nutshell. Uh, Lauren, is there anything I missed on that? Do you want to add something? Yeah, I would. Um, this study was fascinating. And what they found was the higher the more adverse childhood experiences you had, the more correlated it was with health, negative health things like autoimmune diseases and all of these other things. And Dr. Nadine Burke, this is actually who I heard this from an amazing TED talk that we should totally put in our show notes if we could. She talks about this and how she thought the whole world would light up and be like, we need to take care of this. And she was quite shocked that kind of is just, under the carpet and how we're kind of really ignoring this. Yes, well, definitely put it in the show notes, definitely help, you know, get the word out about this adverse childhood experiences. Um, and uh, Deontay, I'm, I'm glad you went right into the actual items that, uh, and there's really, it, it, it's very simple, it's 10 items. Uh, and the, thing that for me stood out the most is, as you say, uh, a score of four or more um, uh, puts you more at risk of uh, attempting suicide um, by, now here's a dramatic pause, by 1,220%. Wow. 1,200, 1,220% um, more risk. So, uh, and any, any number of those four 
out of the 10 items, right? Uh, four or more. Um, so this is what I do, you know, when I talk about uh, suicide for adoptees is let's start combining this research and knowledge that we have now. So one study says four times more likely to attempt suicide. Uh, and then we have from the ACES study, 1,220% more at risk. Um, and I'll tack on another one from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, uh, where um, I believe, yeah, they had uh, a, a study done in 2018. Now they came out with 2019. Um, but I want to say the numbers are still kind of um, similar. I like to be precise with these kinds of numbers because uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about human lives, right? Uh, but um, I believe uh, the number of attempted suicides uh, was 1.8 million attempts in 2019. Um, wow. It, it, yeah. Um, uh, and if I'm wrong on that, uh, uh, he, maybe that could be also in the show notes or, um, uh, or, or something, but I want to say it was 1.8 million. Um, and, uh, the, the way I like to combine this together. So now we have four times more likely 1,220% more risk. 1.8 million attempts made in 2019. And given how many adoptees are in the US, you know, what is, what is our total, total population of adoptees in the US, right? Uh, it's estimated about 7 million. So with all the in, like increased suicide, suicidality, suicide ideation, uh, it leaves me wondering out of that 1.8 million attempts, how many came from adoptees? And is that being researched? Is that being uh, segmented out? Um, you know, so we, so we have those numbers. So we know, you know, how many of us are living with, with suicidal thoughts? How many of us are uh, making attempts? How often, um, and um, I just I, I I find it a bit shocking that we don't have updated numbers. Uh, that we are we don't have that research. We don't have those studies. Um, that organizations on suicide prevention aren't recognizing that that's really necessary to do, even. Uh, so, anyway, <clears throat> that's. On that side of it, um, and um, uh, you know, uh, what's out there about well, uh, when it comes to suicide risk um, and, and the uh, comorbidity with like depression and mental illness and addiction issues. 
this all kind of came out of that 2013 study. Um, all those, you know, kinds of risk factors uh, as well. Um, and then just knowing that I, I believe it was a study done, you know, from adolescence into adulthood. So this is um, kind of, you know, a serious toned part of the conversation uh, in just really recognizing that there is, there is this suicide crisis in the adopted community. Uh, and, you know, when we get to flip this around and say, okay, well, what can we do, right? What helps? Uh, and, uh, and, and knowing that like the number one protective factor is connection, right? With a trusted person, with a friend, uh, you know, someone that you feel securely attached to, you know, just a positive connection in your life with somebody. Um, and, you know, that can be uh, something to help save, save that life. Absolutely. And how, you know, with COVID numbers and just COVID, period, you know, Colorado just put out an article regarding children's hospital and suicide going up. And that's the population I work with mostly is um, adolescents and teens and, and adoptees as well. And so, yeah, that is so alarming. And I want to just take a to check in with our audience for a second and just notice how you're feeling as you hear this. Are you angry? Are you sad? What is happening? Are you like, I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. No, no, no. What's happening and just track it and allow that to just be your experience for right now. And know that we are here, hopefully, to by the end of this, give you some hope and to give you some ideas on what you can do about this. And as always, you're always more than welcome here in our community. <sighs> um, yeah, uh, it's, it, it, so let's get into the hope part of this, I think, uh, because this is, for me, it's always heavy talking about it. Um, I have uh, uh, had experiences of suicide in my life. Um, I've had uh, siblings who have uh, died by suicide um, and adopted siblings. So it's very real for me. Uh, and it's taken me a long time and a lot of therapy to uh, be able to even be on a podcast like like this, be able to you know talk about it, um, and uh, you know still get choked up at times uh, for sure. Um, in a way that that grief doesn't go away. So having that community or even that one person uh, you can lean on you for support. Um, who understands, who empathizes, who can listen um, and just be there with you, uh, you know, as you go through these feelings and experiences. And um, uh, um, so 
there is uh, a training. Um, it's through uh, the QP, I believe it's QPR Institute. Um, and the training is really, it's made for anybody, anybody who wants to understand uh, how to support and be there for someone um, in your life who may be suicidal or having suicide ideation. Um, and the things that I like to pull out of this is, has to do with normalizing the conversation, being able to bring it up, destigmatize it, uh, take the shame away from it. So, because it's one of those things, oh, I don't wanna burden people with my deep, dark feelings uh, of wanting to kill myself, wanting to end my life. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I don't want to drive them away either. You know, so it's a very lonely place, right? Uh, so this training, I think, does a, a nice job of just pointing out how to be there for somebody and just normalize it, help to destigmatize and take away that shame. Um, and say, oh no, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm willing to listen and just be with you and sit with you uh, and not need to do anything um, in a way other than just be, uh, be present for you. Um, yeah, I think Moses, that one of the things that um, I'm sitting with the most and I like that you pointed this out is the importance of community and connection. I think that that is extremely important to highlight. And I also wanna add like these conversations, I don't feel like happen enough in our community. I've been fortunate to be in the adoption world for a long time. Like I was raised um, going to heritage camp and I was raised just surrounded by adoptees, which I'm really thankful for. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when I started struggling with my own um, issues with mental health, I don't feel like that was really talked about in our community. And I don't think like a lot of parents had these numbers, but also have the resources. Um, you know, if you're not having these conversations, you're not asking these poignant questions and you're not seeking the resources that are so valuable. I really appreciate you bringing up the training, especially because I know that's where I'm at right now and why I'm really excited that you're here and you're talking about this and especially like bringing in the reality of the situation. Like, where are the numbers? Where are the updated, like how real and raw and serious is this situation? And it's very serious. And for, you know, someone like me, I'm like, well, okay, what, you know, I'm examining it within myself right now and I, I haven't really experienced um, suicide very closely, but, um, I know that it's in the community. And so I just so appreciate you for, for granting us these resources. And I think it'll be very important for our audience members to understand. And I really don't think that there has to be an age limit on it too. You know, I think we can always bring it up. Um, and Lauren, maybe you can speak on this to adolescents and teens and, and just be like, hey, this could happen. You could feel this way and here are resources for you. Absolutely. I think normalizing it is so important. And I do think there is an age where, 
you know, they have that cognitive development where they can understand it more. But I have worked with clients seven and eight who have been suicidal and uh, in the true sense of suicidal, not just I'm going to kill myself, you know, when they're angry or upset, but have truly attempted suicide. And I remember when I learned that in, in my head, and I think most parents and most humans would have this thought of that's so young. You know, how can this be? We're supposed to be, and maybe Moses, I saw this on your page or something. You know, how is it, is it killing us when it's supposed to be something that saves us? And right, adoption is supposed to be so good for us and be helpful for us. And we're being taken away, air quotes, from um, bad situations to be given these blessed lives. And how is that when our suicide numbers are through the roof? I mean, four times more likely, that's, it just seems completely unacceptable to me. Well, we don't have the numbers on, on completed suicides, you know, so. Uh, we have, uh, I, I guess, you know, when we see it in the news, when we uh, hear the stories, when, when we share siblings and family members. And uh, so in a way, you know, um, uh, getting to remember, um, recognize, uh, and acknowledge, you know, adoptees who have um, uh, gone and passed uh, through suicide. Um, and um, uh, I believe uh, he, he, this, well, during COVID, um, uh, last November, there was uh, uh, an adoptee remembrance day. Uh, it was October 31st, I believe. Uh, or 30th. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's something that is going to continue. Uh, I think it would be nice to continue as well. Um, uh, and uh, so in any case, um, this point about the idea of adoption as, through a, a savior perspective, you know, that we're saving children's lives um, from ad adversity, from circumstance, from, you know, um, uh, uh, abuse and neglect in their um, uh, biological families or, you know. Uh, so uh, it's through that lens, you know, that I, I say, okay, well, if this is what is being put out there uh, as this is the purpose of adoption, this is what is so celebrated, uh, what adoption does for, for kids and for, for families, um, then as we get older and not that much older, thank you, Lauren, you know, for, for sharing um, that, you know, in just a handful of years, uh, suicide begins to set in. Uh, and it's almost like no one's really paying attention to that. And then let's talk about uh, the resources, you know, or the lack of resources, as you're, as you're saying, because, um, you know, today I'd say there aren't many adoption focused therapists uh, that also understand 
the um, prevalence of suicide. Uh, yeah, um, so it's almost like uh, to answer the question of, well, what kind of therapist would be the most helpful? Um, I, I like to begin saying, well, it's important to find uh, adoptees who work as therapists. Uh, it's important to find adoptees who are on their journey of coming out of their own fog. Uh, and it's important that they are trauma-informed and have training in suicide prevention and, uh, you know, have these layers of understanding of, uh, you know, just all the layers that adoption comes uh, you know, with adoption trauma, right, uh, with being adopted. So uh, from here, um, on this kind of, you know, track of hope, it's, you know, good to think about, um, well, that's my own perspective, right? So I'm, I'm coming to, I, I recognize, I'm, I'm putting my own, my own bias on, on this, but uh, I like to, to think about um, our community without even having to think about suicide or have it exist. Uh, and that kind of ties in with adoption trauma and the education early, in the early stages of adoption, being adopted, of uh, just your your life stages, um, you know. So going along with, uh, say, Amanda Baden's study on when to tell children that they are adopted and and start opening up those conversations. Um, in a nutshell, it, the earlier the better, the younger the better, the more we can be truthful and real about our adoption, uh, adoption stories and who we are and start being on the journey of integrating our identity and our adoption stories and just being truthful about uh, what all this, you know, what all this is. Uh, so um, education, adoption education, for the early stages of life uh, and getting adoptees on a different track right from the get-go. So there's a lower risk of suicide. There's lower prevalence of adoption trauma. There's you know less involvement of uh, mental health issues uh, and need for medications and. Um, you know, things, things that, you know, that kind of, from what I've seen, just years of hospitalizations and treatments and medication regimens and ju just this whole alter re altered reality of, of mental health treatment after mental health treatment after therapist after therapist. Um, and just, uh, it'd be so nice, you know, to see the future generations of adoptees be on their best footing right off, right off, uh, right off the bat, right off the bat, right? I just, you mentioned 
you know, speaking truthfully about these things. And it just reminded me of, of um, your Truth is Louder movement. And I was wondering if you could speak on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So Truth is Louder, hashtag Truth is Louder, uh, came out of uh, <laughs> COVID times. Um, it's really coming from the mission of wanting to save adoptee lives and empower us to raise our voices, to tell our truths, to in a way overcome the accepted social narratives and understanding of what adoption has, has been put out there. And for those of us who have experienced adverse childhood experiences, pre and post adoption, um, for those of us who have uh, experienced uh, mental health issues, addictions, you know, just all the different flavors of our adoption experiences to say, hmm, the accepted social narrative of adoption really isn't true for all of us. And, and there's always that qualifier that, of course, uh, adoption is not monolithic. Um, in that, you know, it is important. We all get uh, a, a fair hand at sharing our uh, adoption stories and um, our truths. Uh, but it's also recognizing this crisis uh, and what leads up to it and saying, okay, our truths must be louder than the accepted narrative of adoption. Yes, absolutely. It has to be. We have to rewrite these, these lies that have been told to us. And something that I've learned being on adoption panels and just working with Deontay and Glenna is that every adoptee story is so unique. I have not met any adoptee who has really many overlaps. I mean, other than, oh, we were both born in this country or even people at the same orphanage, they have vastly unique stories. And I like how you mentioned ACEs even in bio family and how we have ACEs in our adopted family and adoptees, I always say, we have you know, minimally three lines of trauma from bio mom, dad, and then if there's a single parent Right, but many of us have two parents. And so we actually have, many of us have four threads of trauma, you know, and then if you add step parents and all that, that's even more trauma. And we are the lucky beings who get to hold this. And unfortunately, what I think we see is a lot of, well, we know we see a lot of depression, anxiety, we see learning disabilities, we see attempted suicide. I mean, there are so many things that adoptees are at risk for that non-adoptees are not, or less, I should say. And um, I wanted to say one thing about Raise the Future, and that's an organization we work with a lot, and they provide resources, and I think really good resources for the community. And so I just wanna give them a shout out, raisethefuture.org. And they're also another place to get really good resources. Um, I think for adoptees, but also mental health professionals, prospective parents and adoptive parents. Uh, it, it is really 
great talking about this with all of you uh, and, and, you know, in a way, raising awareness um, in and around our community um, to validate in a way, you know, for those who are currently having certain feelings or experiences uh, to say you're not alone, that this is something so many of us uh, experience are actively struggling with or living with um, and experiencing. And what better way than to open up conversations and, and say, let's connect, let's uh, support each other. Um, and let's uh, get others involved as well and ask them to, in a way, be allies and uh, help them uh, say, what can we do to help and support and connect uh, to help save adoptee lives? Um, the, um, you know, I, I like that you may, you know, that you gave that shout out because um, in a way, the way that I like to look at our generation of adoptees, you know, just all adoptees who are living today is that we are pioneers. We're pioneering the adoptee community. We are pioneering the adoptee culture and this is like, this is where I get really excited. I really like sharing this is, is that because we are defining it as we're living. So for me, it's just live as you are, be as you want to be. There is no guide. There is no playbook we're creating it ourselves. So now's the time you can just be you, be whoever you want to be. Uh, and in a way, uh, I find it to be really liberating to say, huh, do I have to hold on to this trauma? It's not even like my trauma. It's, you know, been imposed on me. Do I have to hold on to these feelings? There's these um, a lot of great sayings are just let it go. So it, in a way, oh, I can really just let this go with help, with a community, with support, of course, but, and just continue on this trek of who am I? And just, I can just be whoever I want to be. And in the history books, of the adoption culture, um, future generations of adoptees are going to look back and be like, who are those first 7 million? You know, now that we're 50 million, now that we're 100 million of us, who are those first seven, right? Who are those first 5 million? Um, how did it all get started? What were they like? You know, so in a way, it's, it's just recon recognizing our place in our own culture to be, oh, this is really cool. So, you know. I love everything you're saying. My heart is bursting just hearing your words. I think it's so important 
And if you need to, everyone just like reverse a little bit, like 30 seconds and replay that as many times as you need to and go back and listen and hear it. You get to be whoever you want to be. And we can let go, but it's your choice. It's a choice to let go or to not let go. And it might not seem like that, but when you really get into it and you really get into the therapy and the support in the community, you learn and you learn through the mirrors, right? You learn through Moses's and Glenna's and Deontay's and Lauren's, right? That's how we learn through witnessing those who have gone through it before. And you guys know our stories, you know, our traumas, we've shared a lot with you at this point. And, um, and it's a work in progress. We're all works in progress and we have hard days just like anyone. Um, but you get to be who you want to be. I love that so much. Yes, please. So rewind, replay as often as you need to come back to it at any point. Uh, really, thank you for highlighting that um, because there is no playbook yet. We are actively the creators of the playbook for future adoptees. So, um, so it's really um, difficult time because so many of us are wanting a model to work from, to find that sense of belonging, to figure out like, where do we fit in? Uh, but um, we're it for now. Here we are. We exist. We we belong here, wherever that is. You know, when it comes to suicide prevention, uh, and really appreciate all the resources you know that we've brought up. Uh, but uh, it is important to know um, the crisis text line. It's important to know that there are specific hotlines uh, for uh, all kinds of um, uh, issues um, in and around suicide. Uh, I had gone to, uh, and I believe it's still there, to the Talkspace website uh, and where they just list off all these like 800 numbers, um, uh, you know, and I think it's important to just know that uh, there is support out there. Uh, it doesn't have to be somebody you know, it doesn't have to be, it just, when you're in that place and you're feeling alone, that, one thing this country has, which is nice. And by the way, uh, I, you know, for listeners outside of the US, there are hotlines um, in a variety of other countries as well. Um, so, um, so it's good to know that there is someone with a supportive ear um, on the other line, on the other side of a text, uh, willing to listen. Thank you for mentioning that. That is very important um, to mention. And you know, it seems, and you also, right? They can, if they want to work with you, you're someone who works with adoptees. 
right? So we can just, and, and if you want also, you can totally say how people can find you. You know, I found you on Instagram at Adoption Trauma. And so, yeah, if there's more places people can find you, please, please do share that. Yes, thank you. Um, of course, people can reach out to me uh, as an adoption trauma coach and educator at this point. Um, I am pretty active on Instagram, whether it's my own personal Moses A. Farrow or adoption trauma or my truth is louder uh, on any of those Instagram accounts. Um, I am on there on a regular basis, uh, as well as Facebook. Um, I have a, a Facebook group, it's called Surviving Adoption, um, and as well as Twitter, if you're in Twitter land. Um, and uh, I have a website, mosesfarrow.com, an email, moses at mosesfarrow.com. Uh, you can even call me or text me. Uh, my number is 860-368-0715. Um, it is important to just be readily available, accessible, approachable. Uh, and that's, that's what I want to be um, as much as I can. Thank you so much you feel so accessible and so knowledgeable and so glad to have you here. I would just love to say thank you personally. Um, you're meeting me personally at a point where I, I really needed this. I needed somebody to look at me today and say, this is still your choice. So thank you. Like generally from like all of my heart, just thank you so much. And I know that this is going to reach the people in our audience and reach other people and, and people will hear these words that you've shared with us today and I mean you impacted me so much so <laughs> just thank you and thank you for being here and letting this dream come come true for us well well thank thank you really for inviting me for having me um come on come on to your podcast be part of um your space uh and just be uh, um, you know be here to share what I've learned, share some some wisdom. Um, and uh, you know, as I say, I'm always happy to to talk uh, with people willing to listen. So mm -hmm. um, really, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Moses. Uh, it was a great conversation. It was tough. You know, we do a lot of tough work over here. It was, I was even starting to feel some type of way, you know. But, you know, I think these conversations, although the, although they're really tough, I think the challenge is good. And I definitely felt challenged to, like, I don't know, just take it all in. So thank you for that. What I would like to finish with is for the people listening is to really check in and take care of yourself. If you found that this was highly triggering or even a little triggering, take it easy, call someone you love, um, squeeze your pet, 
if you have one, maybe go for a walk, drink lots of water, but do something for your body, for your mental health. Actually, even if this didn't trigger you, just anyone listening, just do it anyway. And um, yeah, so lots of love to you guys out there. We're so happy that you're listening and you're with us on this amazing journey. And we will see you soon. <laughs>